I'm here right now with my brother from my mother, mother, Jamil. What's happening, brother? Shalom Shabak. What's <laughs> happening, dude? It's good to see you, man. It's been it's been a while. Finally got around to doing one of these in person. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, last time we did it was um we had to do it during the uh what's it called through uh through Zoom during the lockdowns. Oh god. Yeah, that was crazy. It was like a lifetime ago where we actually did that because now coronavirus is becoming Less and less more of a threat these days, and yeah. people seem to be more arguing about when it comes to the vaccine. It's now livable now, coronavirus. It's like livable. Okay. Now it's about, oh, now it's about, now it's about the vaccine, but you know, living with corona is like then livable, you know, it's now part of our lives, checking in, all that, whatnot, you know. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, when we first talked, it was actually a pretty fucking solid conversation. We hit it off and all that, and back at the top, but the problem is with Zoom calls is. With a podcast these days, a lot of people do seem to be doing Zoom calls, and it's not such a bad thing because it's a good way to connect. But the whole point of a podcast is to be in person, is having a conversation with somebody, yeah. not like an interview over a phone screen while going off a script. So yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 So man, let's uh, let's get let's get start us off. Uh, t- <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, Jamil. Hey, I'm Jamil Vaca. I am a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at a under Adam Metcalf at Amma Gym. I'm also a wrestler out of Gladiator Wrestling in Embleton, and I coach part-time here and there at Drillich Combat Academy in Junlup. I've been around the bend, done a few things, seen a few things, got a few stories to tell, and I'm sure we'll have a good time. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, well, it was a good thing is we got this booked out for a while. So it's oh, all, lovely. So it's all good. Sick. Well, it's lucky because on a Friday where it's absolutely hot outside, I checked it. And so if we go a little bit over time, it's all good. So starting off with uh, you've been practicing BJJ for how many years now? Uh, I reckon, including this year, I'd be close to at least nine. Nine. Nine or ten, actually. Yeah, nine or ten, yeah. So almost a full decade and all yeah. that. And your brown belt, how how many stripes away are you breaking from your black belt right now? I'm not sure because I'll, I'll probably have a chat with Adam. I'll probably tell him, look, I don't really want any stripes. Just, just let me know when I'm ready for the black belt. Because I've been a brown belt for like at least five, four or five years. So, but I cha- but I got my brown belt for another gym, and now only recently, about maybe this year and a half, I've been under the uh, the affiliation of Adam Metcalf and Will Machado. So I think Adam just wants to see a, a bit more from me for a, a while until he gets to black. But um, I'm pretty comfortable where I am right now. I have no real uh, ambitions on getting the black just yet. You know, um, right now I just really just want to help coach here and there and just focus on wrestling right now. That's the season I'm in right now. And when I feel like I want to go back to um, jiu-jitsu, then I'll go back to jiu-jitsu. But um, uh, jiu-jitsu has always been a part of my life. I've been here for so long now. So now it's one of these things where I just want to do something fresh, new and challenging. That's why I get out of wrestling. And, you know, people always ask me, oh, when are you getting a black belt? I was like, oh, I'm not really that fussed, you know, because I don't really, um, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not a belt simp. Belt simp. I've seen, uh, yeah, people know <laughs> what I'm talking about. I've seen them. I know who you are. There's, there's guys out there. I like, there's two of them. They're, they're either belt simpers or coach simpers, you know what I mean? It's, it's, I don't really have to explain it, but they simp for getting that belt, and I'm not really that kind of guy, you know. I just... I just want to be at that level where I can perform well, no matter where I am, who I'm with, no matter what rank I'm with. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't want to get a black belt and still, you know, be, still be shit and still suck. I want to be at a level where I'm pretty comfortable. I'm like, yeah, I can hold my own. So I'd rather get to that level. I don't believe I'm at that level yet. I'm comfortable to say I'm not at that level as a black belt. And I, you know, I want to put at least another good, solid, hard year of jits when I come out of wrestling until I get that black belt right now. You know, I don't want to simp for it. You know, I, I'm just like, all right, when I'm ready, when I'm performing, when I feel good, all right, Adam, let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, well, 100%. I'm going to just put prop off that fact that when you talked about you've done it for that long and not a belt simp because 
these days, martial arts is so in it. So, I think it's bigger. Than, it's bigger than ever. It's I would huge say. now. It's now it's mainstream now to yeah. the point where I think I shared a post on my Facebook maybe an hour ago by Lad Bros. And as a as a post, a guy choked the guy out who was breaking into his house, but he was like butt naked. <laughs> so he came out butt naked, choked the guy out, and the post from like you know Lad Bros said the guy had to use his jitsu to take this guy down. I was like, yes, jitsu in a in a Lad Bros post, you know what I mean? You know, or Lad Bible, or one of those ones. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah, no, I mean that's probably the most about the most embarrassing. I watched the video. Yet. The guy came out butt naked. And it's like, wait, in my house, <laughs> you know. And people are commenting, oh yeah, that was a real re naked choke, you know. Um, so it's, it's it's kind of that thing. What's mainstream? What's his name? Um, James PT. Oh yes, he's very yeah. into jiu-jitsu now, and he's putting it into mainstream. He did that really funny video the other day of him getting his purple belt, and then he was walking, and people try to start him. So you don't want the smoke man who puts the mats out. So yeah. you know, it's becoming. <laughs> you can say the word jiu-jitsu now, and it's now a household thing. It is among it is. the community, whether it's fitness or not. So that, I think that's really really cool. Well, it's so well done. I'm actually reading um, "Breathe" right now by um, Ricks and Gracie. Yeah, nice. His bio- autobiography, and it is some phenomenal stuff about the birth of jiu-jitsu as well, and yeah. how it came around. But one back, the thing I was just wanting to point out is that he quoted about how, for a while, his family was trying so hard to build the legitimacy of BJJ because you've been doing it for 10 years now and you're a brown belt. A lot of people, probably most people wouldn't even consider doing it for that long when they realize how much effort you have to put in just to go up in belts. Yeah. And then there's like martial arts now. I'm not going to shit on any schools. I understand they want to get students. Yeah. But you meet people who are like putting up on social media, oh, in let's say Taekwondo, not going down on Taekwondo, but did Taekwondo for three years and finally got my black belt. And I'm just like, that's not how it's supposed to go. That kind of degrades the whole point or mm. or was it um degrades the whole uh what's the word say uh what's that value yes it degrades the value of the yeah. belt so when when you're doing it for that long like one thing i love to watch is when guys do get their black belts or yeah. hell even when guys get their blue belts for the first time they break oh, yeah. down yeah it's great they, that's that's the guys, best guys thing. and girls Oh yes, girls yes. break down even more worse than guys when they get the new belts. <laughs> really? Yeah. If you ever see like a girl get a blue belt or a purple or a bl- her brown belt, or even a, br- a girl get a first stripe, she's like she's a whole mess. You know how emotional girls are. <laughs> you can just imagine it right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not that I've seen. Not that I've actually. Well, I've seen a girls, a couple of girls get stripes, but I haven't actually seen anyone anyone get a new belt as of yet. Wait till you see. It. You'll see what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So now that you're doing wrestling as well, so mm. that's a big step up. It's a big change from you as well. Yeah. You? Yeah. So tell me, how did you get involved in that? Oh, I've always loved wrestling. I came up from like a pro wrestling like um, family. We used to watch wrestling all the time, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to get into wrestling. But I never knew there was a place that did um like the wrestling is a sport here in Perth. When I mean sport, I mean as in like a freestyle Olympic wrestling, the one with the singlets and the ear guards. I don't know that there was a place or a gym here that did it in Perth. So I never did it for a long time, and then I eventually had the free time and the financial freedom to um um get into wrestling, start looking it up finding a gym that did it and I found a place that was actually really really close not really close but it was the closest to me and had um, the most information on their website at the time because when you look at WA Wrestling um, there's not many schools that put a lot of information and market themselves but only one gym kind of marketed themselves pretty well and that was my gym Gladiator Wrestling so I've been doing that for at least probably three or four years now but I've only been actively competing in wrestling for about two because uh, it took me about two years to be like, all right, I'm gonna start competing now. Because for the first two years, I kind of like sucked, but now I can, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I can like hold my own and get the big matches and various um like you know 
quite high level guys and be um be confident that I'll, I'll give a good match now or, or put my name in that tournament and be like yeah I can do that tournament you know so um, yeah it's a big step up whole different change adjustments in the style in the the fitness requirements and uh, the discipline it takes to get to wrestling I mean I'm going to wrestling straight after this man I'm going straight straight wow. after you know uh, I'm happy to be here another two years but I'm going straight after to do some extra rounds at, at nine o'clock at Gladiators right now so boom so um yeah, like I said before, it's just a new that new challenge, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for someone who's never done any kind of like wrestling like that before, uh, how I mean, you obviously you got a certain amount of experience. Yeah. How well has you know being a jiu-jitsu uh, comp- practitioner and competitor uh, crossed over for you in wrestling? Because I would just I would look when I look at it. I see a lot of similarities. Like I see a lot of arm drags. Yeah. I see a lot of leg takedowns. But yeah. how? What's What's the biggest thing that's helped you? Oh, uh, the biggest thing that's helped me, and I always tell this to everyone, and everyone will agree. Even Joe Rogan speaks about it as well when he talks about wrestling. His podcast. The main <laughs> thing that everyone will get out of wrestling, whether you learn some new moves or learn how to do a takedown, the, the thing you'll hundred percent will get the most out of it is the mentality game. Your mentality and your determinations of getting things done, the, the extra 1%, the extra round, the extra sweat, the extra five minutes, it just goes up, up, and up, and your cardio levels will increase. It's all about pushing. They call it the grind. Mm. You know, jiu-jitsu is more about you know getting that fl- that flow kind of thing, just very flowy, if, what they say. But wrestling, it's a constant grind, constant push, and that will help you like you know break through that um that plateau of where you think oh i can only last this round i can only do this five minutes i can only lift this person this high i can only um uh have i'm only maybe this much strong but wrestling it really pushes you to go beyond that that next wall of where you think you're plateauing and you gotta you you gotta force yourself to break through that plateau and that's what something that um all wrestlers will definitely agree on and people that have Transition from jiu-jitsu to wrestling will experience that, you know. You'll make you push yourself harder than you've pushed yourself in jiu-jitsu. Uh, which is crazy because in wrestling there's no subs. So you think, you know, oh, man, it's, I'll, I'll do wrestling. You know, we, we submit each other in jiu-jitsu all the time. But wrestling, there's no subs. But there's that constant, you know, push and strength and, you know, lots of this, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it's a lot more uh, physicality um, to it. And it's a bit more meaner, you know. Because like I said, with jiu-jitsu, it's all about... Um, um, no timing and technique. Wrestling, it is about time and technique, but you know, you gotta go like you know, balls to the wall when you know all the time in wrestling. Just you know, um, just the way it is. That's that's a standard of in, in wrestling. It literally is balls to the wall. So that's one thing I always tell people. What I got out of it is like my mentality to um, um, go beyond the standard of what I thought, what my standard of my fitness and what my technique and what my performance um, was going to be. I always push through that every time I step on the mats to wrestle. My standing gets higher and higher and higher. Mm. Yeah. So wrestling's um, it's not like how do you tell if someone's better than someone just by looking at? Them? Because obviously, if you say you do jujitsu, you say a brown belt's obviously higher than a blue belt or a purple belt. How, is there anything like a form of grading? Um, there's no really form of grading at all, like belt level or anything like that. But similar to like um, kind of like with Muay Thai, instead of great like grading of a belt or a color. They measure the athlete of how many fights they've done. With wrestling, you know, you kind of measure an athlete of how many tournaments they've done, how many matches they've won. It's more like um, a performance uh, level of nowhere someone's at. You know, what's their record in tournaments and and matches that they've done. You know, similar to like Muay Thai. You know, that's why when you see Muay Thai people on the Instagram page, they'll have the, like their fight record. Mm. You know, uh, similar to wrestling. You know, they'll have their little record of what they've accomplished and what tournaments they've won and all that. So there's no ranking at all. And that's the crazy thing about wrestling tournaments. It's all about 
uh, no ranking, but so, but whatever weight you are, that's the division you win. So you can be, let's say, 65 kilos going to your very first tournament versus another guy who's 65 kilos, hits up about 10 tournaments. Wow. <laughs> you know, there's there's no measuring stick of um, of levels. It's just, well, here in WA, it's literally, if you're at that weight, you're versing that guy. It's like, freak, that guy's like Commonwealth Games Select D. It's like, yeah, you're in a, you're his weight coat. you got to wrestle him. And that's um, kind of builds that more like, you know, that uh, – that, uh, I think you were saying before that authenticity and value of you know oh, I've, I've, I'm meant to be here I've earned my place to be on this mat and to compete here against the very best you know what I'm saying yeah wow I mean yeah <laughs> imagine that if I had a, if I had to uh, roll against a guy who was pretty much like you know Commonwealth game style I was just like oh crap yeah <laughs> imagine that it's like going to a, like a tournament you're a white belt alright you gotta verse that purple belt what <laughs> well, c- come on you know is that, is, that's what it's like in wrestling I wouldn't have, yeah fuck fuck that shit yeah <laughs> yeah far out so is that mainly the the focus for you? one thing I was also going to point out is you know in wrestling it's still in weight categories as well yeah is the weight categories different to what you would normally have in BJJ uh, I think it's pretty similar in my division my category for Greco-Roman wrestling I think it goes up in seven seven kilos so sixty-seven kilos the next would be seventy-seven kilos next would be eight eighty-seven eight Seven kills, whatever goes up to sevens. It's very similar to jitsu. You know, they'll they'll be that medium sixty five, then they'll be that medium um, seventy range, the early seventy range. You know, seventy two, seventy seven. So it's very close, um, similar weight brackets. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not too too much different at nah. all that. And in your time competing, did you ever like what category were you normally competing? Usually, in? Uh, if it's freestyle wrestling, I usually compete in sixty five. But at the moment, I'm a bit heavier now, so I now compete at sixty seven for Greco Roman. Um, so I put on like a, a few, few extra kilos lately. Yeah. Start of the year, I was like, I was tiny. I was like sixty-two start of the year, but now in the last two months, I've been, I've been bulking up to um, get to like at least sixty-six, sixty-seven. I'm sixty-six now ish, which is good. So I'm pretty comfortable at that. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And for all of those, some of those people who are listening right now, they're probably thinking to themselves, "What the fuck are we talking about in terms of like Greco-Roman and freestyle?" Now, for someone such as yourself, yeah. Could you actually like just break down for them like what's the difference between Greco-Roman and freestyle? Okay, wrestling? so there's two categories you'll see in wrestling in Commonwealth. Actually, not in Commonwealth Games, not anymore, but usually in Olympics, mm-hmm. other wrestling events, whether it's college. Uh, freestyle wrestling is basically anything goes, any pin, any takedown, um, most amount of points, pins. You can do whatever takedown and whatever technique you want. With Greco-Roman, it's basically kind of like um, judo in a way where you can do any takedown, but you can't touch the legs. You can't touch the legs, can't attack the legs, and they, and they can't use your legs anyway. So it's all upper body strength, all upper body throws. So it's basically who can suplex the biggest throw on a person. Wow. Um, <laughs> pretty much wins, you know. A freestyle can go nuts. It's a bit more of a, like a stand-up game where it's like whoever gets that one big throw is one that usually wins the match in Greco-Roman. And seven to judo, whoever usually, in high-level judo and high-level Greco, whoever gets the big move usually wins the match. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's more of um, you know, a one-shot kill kind of match compared to freestyle where it kind of goes like, you know, you can push to whatever you want. Okay, so yeah. which one are you mainly focusing on right now, freestyle? Uh, right now, Greco, Greco-Roman. Greco. That's Greco. the one that I'm doing this Sunday, Greco-Roman. Oh, so you're competing on Sunday? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that's funny how you mentioned that because I'm also competing on Sunday. Yeah, there's a white belt tournament at AMA at my gym on this Sunday, so they're really, really good tournaments, the white belt AMA tournaments. For those who are listening out there, if you want to get into jiu-jitsu and you want to get your first start at a tournament, the SGT white belt only tournament held by AMA gym in Balakata is probably the best place it to is. start it in. There's all white belts. There's no expectations. It's a great vibe. Everyone is friendly. Everyone's really helpful. Great staff there. And it's just a really good environment to get your first competitive um, environment and first competitive matchup, you know. 
So I do recommend these SGT white belt tournaments. Um, they run very well, and you'll have an amazing time. Yeah, they are. I mean, the first competition I ever did uh, was at the AMA, and immediately you get in there and you feel the environment straight away because there's, I think they compete on three mats. You only get three, there's only three mats that yeah. you stick in there. Yeah. And because it's actually so many people in there, the envi- the it's loud. And yeah, it's cramped it's as well. It gets loud and cramped. You lose your sandals and, and your and your shoes. <laughs> it gets hot in there, dude. Yeah. It's going to be thirty one degrees on yeah, Sunday. I know it's going to be an absolute hot box. I feel sorry for you, you guys who are doing it in the gi. You guys are going to get wrecked. Oh, I'm actually. Oh, they're in the gate. I'm lucky. I'm still competing in the no gi. Um, just finishing off this one year because I how the situation was for me was when I first started training jujitsu. I was still stripping, and yep. I could only manage to get in one gi session a week and three yeah. no gi sessions if I yep. was lucky. So now it's gone to a point where it's doing two gi and two no gi session. But because I'd spent so much time training no gi, that's what I thought that was best on. Yeah, and it was one of my own training philosophies when it came to you know gym. Just say, just focus a lot on what you're good at. Yeah, that's you yeah, know that's because. All you'll know of no what someone said to me, all you'll never know in BJJ is a drop in an ocean. Yeah. So make the most of it and focus yeah. on your strengths as well as you want to amp, uh, expand your skill set. And people, one advice that, you know, high level guys were always saying to me is focus on just three moves. Yep. If you focus on those three moves and getting better and better and better at it. Yeah. But you have three moves for almost every situation. It's like if you're in back, you know what to do. Yeah. If you're in front, if you're in guard, you got your free moves, side control, how to get out, free yeah. moves. Because if one doesn't work, it's most likely one might not work, but it's very unlikely that two work. And it's almost uncertain that th- all three yeah. might not work. So that's just how I was brought into it. Um, and for now, since I've done this for this long, yeah, it's probably been out of all the things I've committed to in this life and I've yeah. committed to a shitload. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah. I've, I've stalked your Instagram profile. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's probably been one of the most proudest things because it's been one of the very, very few things that you'll come across in life where if you get good at it and yeah. you enjoy it, it's going to help everything else out in life because I see a lot of young kids doing it these days. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's teaching them about, you know, failure and the concept of failure. Yeah, you know, definitely. If you, if, you get, if you get tapped out and all that, you get back up, you go again. And then you is to apply that to everyday life. Like you fail a math test, okay, there's the next one. Yeah. You know, if you, you know, your girlfriend breaks up with you, oh, that's okay. You keep going. You yeah. Find another one. Yeah. All that. That's really the way how the way of life that this way of life that it's been teaching them. Uh so that's a little small rant. But I mean, that's <laughs> good. I believe it. You know, yeah. people need that. People need to know failure and how to understand failure to get free failure. You know what I mean? You know, it just makes you a better person. It makes you stronger at the end. You know, as cliche as it sounds, you know, um, if you, you, you got to fail if you need to succeed, you know, you need to have that first taste. And the people that say, he say they never failed, I'll, I'll, I'll point you a liar right now. You know, if they haven't failed in public, they've, pa- they've failed privately. I'll say that now. You know, if they haven't failed, um, failed publicly, they've failed privately, and people need to understand that, that everyone goes through that kind of stuff. True, true. I, I, someone on said, "Oh, every person who has had some good success was a great is a great failure. Yeah, a good success, great failure. That's how best way I put it. Uh, now, this, since this is the uh, 
last set podcast we're focusing on all things health and fighting mm. now for you specifically i wanted to ask you first right off the bat that yeah. you had one of the most lit instagrams i've ever had which ones uh the um the rolls one where it was like all the memes and then one of the day you just took it down and then oh you said, yeah. yeah so yeah yeah so i used to run this instagram page it was first called coffee and chokes yep which is really cool. And that really got a lot of traction because I was doing a lot of these open mats for charity. Um, people that know the story, when we had that really big um, bad bushfires in Perth probably about two years ago, I did that open mat and we had it was the biggest outdoor open mat that Perth's ever seen. Then I did another one um, in the in the city. I've done at least two at different beach locations. Really, really good. And then on, I then lockdown happened, couldn't do the open mats. I was like, oh, freak, what, what am I going to do to stay relevant? So I started doing these um, podcasts, the Coffee and Chokes podcast, where I would go to different um, coaches, do little interviews with them, do a little move of the week. And it was getting some real traction. I was getting at least 500 views per story. You know, it was I was getting some solid clout. Then I realized at the end of the day, I was like, man, do I really want this clout? Or am I just like, you know, trying to like glorify myself here? So I did a to- total 180. I shut down the Instagram. Because I thought I've I've accomplished quite a lot here in the jiu-jitsu scene, helped grow the jiu-jitsu scene, not blowing my own boat here, but I knew I'd done a significant amount to build the BJJ scene in Perth. And I was like, man, I reckon I could shut this down, reinvent myself and do it again with a different account, with different goals, with a different ambition. So I shut down the, the mill vac, or it became Coffee and Chokes, then it became mill vac um, on air because I was doing um, a lot of uh, interviews and broadcasting and commentary for BJJ events as well. And memes, and memes. Have we cut out? It it sounds different now. What's happened here? It sounds less bassy. You hear that? Yes, one, two. That sounds better in my ear now. But for some reason I can't hear it through your end now. Yeah, see, th- that's normal voice. I can't hear you through your mic now. Is I'm just going to... Oh, there we go. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Oh, far out. Thought we lost you for a second. Yeah. Because I noticed for your end, it stopped um, It stopped working. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't showing up on the screen here, but it's yeah. all good now. If that happens again, what I'll do is I'll just switch to another seat. Okay. Did you want to ask that question again? Or yeah, going? go go ahead. What you were saying? Because you're you're still recording though. By the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I thought I reckon I can reinvent myself and do this whole thing again with a different account, different ambitions, different motives. So then I went back to my personal account, my private account, Jamgram, and I thought, man, I reckon I can build this up, um, build a WA wrestling scene, um, add a little bit more of a different spin to it. And uh, if you are on that Jam Jamgram account, J A M double R-I-A-M, you're in for a treat because it's very private and all the techniques I show on there isn't public. So it's, you're seeing stuff that um, you'll, you'll, you're literally going to have to pay for the, some of the stuff that I share in my stories for free. So um, yeah, I, I just felt like I'm all about challenging myself. So I've accomplished what I wanted to do my other Instagram account. I was like, I reckon I can throw it all away and do it again, restart from scratch and build something new just to re-challenge myself as a, um, as a, as a new project for me because I reckon I could do that. Yeah, well, I've had similar things like that in the past where you try something you go give it for a while and then you start to ask yourself do i really want this do do you really really want to do this and then uh, for me that was back when i was doing stand-up comedy back in university yeah nice well actually what happened was the the true story when i was in university i found out there was an open mic nights 
going on and then I walked into one place in the best in hotel and I looked at everything and it was a little small little shabby yeah. place and then I looked and I was watching it there and I was like I knew I wanted to do it beforehand yeah. but I just wanted to check it out and then when I got up on stage I saw that some people would actually really bad at it and I thought well if they're bad at it I'm not sure not there, but if they're bad at it I can give it a go I yeah. can do this and then I did it for a good year at least. I did yeah. it for a good, I did a good 30 something gigs. Um, yeah. And had a good time. But then when the real hardships start coming in, you realize you don't get paid or you don't, and you have to do a lot of traveling and going to bars and talking in front of strangers. And some nights it's literally for like at least 50 people. And some nights literally you're just talking to three people once. And I was yeah. just like, and it's just then you ask yourself, how bad do you really want it? And then just by the time COVID hit, yeah. I stopped doing him. And then after COVID, when everything came back to normal, I was pretty much working full time as a personal trainer. That's when I realized, ah, I don't, I loved it, but don't really want yeah. to keep going. And that's yeah. all it is. But the it, the thing is, what I'm telling a lot of kids my age is, when everyone's like confused about what they want to be doing, you gotta get you got you you've got to try things and you've got to go ahead and take that first step. Yeah. Regardless of whatever or not down the line you like it or not, because once you find that, you discover something. You know, I didn't discover jujitsu. I never even, I barely even did martial arts in my whole life until I started working at the UFC gym. Yeah, nice. That, and, that, that's how nice. It, and that's the story yeah. of how I came across it. It's good. Yeah. It's and good. I didn't come across a lot of people who I actually interviewed until that day, you know, I did that gig or, you yeah. know, I started training and all that. So what it is, is it's a snowball effect of everything that you do. Yeah. And everywhere you get to where you are in life is you just have to keep trying and failing and trying and failing. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And I tell people that all the time, whether they want to try new hobbies or new endeavors, I always tell, always think, tell myself or tell other people, um, every time you try something new, go in there or you're still doing it right now, go in there with, with the three W's. Um, and that is the, the when, when did you start? So you know how far you've come. The why, why are you doing it? So you've got a goal. And the what, mm-hmm. what, are, what are you going to do next after you finished your why? And if you have those three goals, the why, the, um, uh, the, uh, no, no, the when, the when, the why, and the what, those three W's, you, you'll do it a more longer than you thought you would do it. Mm. You know, because mm. as you're, when you're doing something you really like, you remember the when, oh, forever, this is how far I've come. That will push you to keep on going. As you're doing it, I know why are we doing it? Oh, I'm, I want to compete. I want to do this tournament. I want to earn this X amount. I want to get um, this move down. I want to meet this specific person. That's the why you're doing it. And then once you've accomplished that, then you go, I said, all right, what next? What next do I have to do in this endeavor or in this um, next journey that I'm on? If you've got those three things, you'll end up doing what you love more longer than you expect. Because a lot of people do things with no end goal. They kind of go on it like um, just nonchalantly, you know, like uh, I, I know a guy, he wanted to do gymnastics and he said, I'm going to do gymnastics for a bit. I was like, why do you want to do gymnastics? I was like, oh, I think it'll be fun, which is cool. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing cool, wrong with learning something new, but you won't be able to do it for an extra period, long amount of time till you love it until you have an absolute reason of why you want to do it and what you want to get out of it. And the next, you know, you got to have a, you got you to gotta have a goal, uh, you know, as I said before, as cliche as it sounds, with no goal, no vision, there's no future, you know what I'm saying? You know, and if with that vision, you need that future. Otherwise, what are we doing here? You know, what, what, what am I going to do to occupy myself while I'm still alive? What's my vision? How am I going to keep myself busy? If I'm not keeping myself busy, I'm going to be very bored, very sad, very depressed, and very lonely. Well, 
Yeah, true. But they do actually find that along what time is they find it usually along the way. If they get involved in something, they want to do something, and then it develops into it. Yeah. Like a lot of people, I remember I had a conversation with with um, was one of the, my guests on the podcast, and she is now a, f- a professional fighter. Nice. She got into fighting just from googling. Uh, fight clubs, Perth. She, yeah. she just googled fight people, clubs, Perth. A lot of people get into that just by doing that. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. And then she went to one of the gyms, and then she, you know, she started training nonstop. And then the coach said, "Hey, would you like to actually fight or compete?" And she never even thought about it at the time, but then it happened. And then now she's got this goal that she has in mind. She's completely transformed. Yeah. It's like that with a lot of things. Yeah, because what because people get out of it because what finds it so fulfilling for a lot of people, especially in fitness and, and combat sports, is that they realise they're a lot more capable capable of what they thought, you know, they exceed their expectations, you know, because a lot of people in general are very like, we're, 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 we're very depressed people, very, very depressed people, no matter if they're a happy person or a good person, but the minute they feel they've accomplished something that they thought they couldn't do, or they thought um, someone else thought they couldn't do it and they see the expectations. It's like a drug, you know, it builds them up, you know, it gets into that platform. Like, I want to do that again. I want to experience that again. And that's why people love it, you know. I mean, you got to try it. They get that self confidence, self esteem, and then they keep on doing it because they want to stay at that um, that feeling, that moment, that level. And that's why people love it, you know. Well, that's good. That, that almost gets them to a point addicted. And that's, yeah. that's brilliant. When it's dri- when it's driven, and when they actually find their purpose in life and doing that kind of stuff, it's yeah, really exactly. It's great. Know? It's great. That's uh, what uh, I love. Yeah. Now, uh, I wanted to move on from that. There's one thing I you definitely wanted to bring yeah, up nice. that we were going to also talk talk yeah, shit about yeah, because yeah, you know this is it's covered in because this is uh, this is a was a lot to do with fighting. Yeah, nice. So, the biggest. Talk that's going on right now is the Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul boxing match yeah, that we've got coming I up. I saw that. I actually had to Google Tommy Fury and I realized that's um Tyson Fury's half brother and that Tommy was on um he was like uh one of those reality co stars on Love oh, Island. Island. <laughs> I thought, that's so cool. Yeah. But he's a legit boxer. He is. He's le- he's legit. He's and his dad, um, I think it's some um, Thomas Fury, yeah. he's like a legit boxer as well. Oh, like, man. Bad man. His dad's crazy. Did you watch the uh, press conference between him? We went to jail for like five years for gouging a guy's eye out. Oh my god! <laughs> like I shit! I did not even know that. It's like, it's, like, it's like a picky blinders kind of thing. It you know is. I'm, I'm like, woof. Yeah. That wasn't actually. I swear to God, I don't want to watch um, Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul anymore. I want to watch Tommy Fury's dad fight. Yeah, Jake his dad's Paul. a badass. <laughs> he's legit. He's a legit scary man. <laughs> he literally said, "I'm gonna. My son's gonna beat you, and then he's gonna bend your girlfriend over." I was like, oh, "Well, wow. this is the thing. If you're if you're from like an uh, the, the Irish travel gypsies. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If you're from the uh, um that gypsy background they're all badasses like if you're from the uk you know exactly what i'm talking about these people um they're gypsies they they don't have a home they just travel around and they literally just start bare knuckle fighting from six years old that's how they resolve things but they do it very respectfully they'll trash talk but once the fight is done they'll shake hands and then they're uh, the conflict is over, and that's how they've been doing it for the last hundreds of years. You know, they're like, "Oh, you spoke to my sister. Oh, I never spoke to your sister." And they'll have like a bare knuckle fight. Then it's over. They're like, "Oh, I told you I never spoke to your sister." <laughs> it's all over YouTube. You can't find like street fights on YouTube, but you can always find gypsy bare knuckle fights on YouTube. It's crazy. Well, that's a very yeah. Well, I mean, that's how Tyson Fury got so into boxing. How he was br- he uh, he was brilliant at bare knuckle fights. Yeah, so they're all, they're they're all brought up into it. Yeah, gypsies. they all won a lot, and they won, yeah. and then I reckon. I think he said that in Tyson Fury said in his autobiography that his dad used to have talk shit with other other men, and then he would have a 
they would talk shit to each other, say, oh, my son could beat up your son, you know, or my son was going to beat up, kick your son's ass. Yeah. And then they'd have to meet behind the bar or wherever, and then that's how they fight it out. And his dad would always bet on him as well. Yeah. And that's how he's made his winnings. Like, his dad's crazy. It's exactly like Peaky Blinders. That's how they lived back then. And oh. some of them are living now. It's exactly like Peaky Blinders, you know, that kind of, like, crazy lifestyle, like nuts. Yeah. They, I'm excited for the new season of that Peaky Blinders, by the way. Have you, I mean, have, have you, you seen the last season? New season of what? Oh, Peaky Blinders. Oh, I haven't seen the last, last season because it wasn't the newest season isn't out on Netflix yet. The yeah. only season, the latest one is one where they had that Nazi guy in. Yeah. And then um, uh, Solomon ca- came back. Yes. But the newest season isn't released on Netflix. I could probably download it, but I haven't had time to download the new I, season. Oh, sorry. That's not out yet. Oh, it's, is it? It's not, not out, yet? out yet. But oh, what, what they're okay. doing, though, is because it's after the... Um, it takes place during the Great Depression. Yeah, so that's right. The Wall Street crash yeah, and right. yeah, the yeah. rise of the right nationalism. And then what happened is they got Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, to play, to, play Hit- to play Hitler. <laughs> yeah, so that's sick. I want to see that. I want like to see that. Rowan Atkinson is a genius. <laughs> yeah. So but everyone loves Peaky Blinders. It's such oh, a great show. It's going to be the final season as well. Yeah, it should be. It should. It should. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing I've always talked about. Like The best thing about Peaky Blinders is it's each season is six episodes long yeah each episode is roughly about just over an hour yeah give, give or take but i tell when it comes to certain tv shows like i swear there's only like a certain amount of seasons that they can have before the tv show yeah. goes well it's, 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 it's very british thing was with american shows they'll have a season and they'll have like 25 30 episodes crazy. in one season it's crazy but with um british tv shows they it's more about content and quality than, than quality um uh quantity so a lot of like real good British TV shows a season is literally five or six episodes Mr. Bean mm. their seasons it was only like four episodes a season so it'd be like say four episodes per year for Mr. Bean that was huge in between us each mm. season was like only like five, five or six, five yeah. six episodes that's a very common thing in um in the BBC and, and British television it's like their thing yeah and well that, they, they do focus a lot higher on quality and yeah. rather than quantity but that's the thing. I would rather have it that way because I swear there's some TV shows out there where they have some really, really good seasons and then they just state its course. Yeah, like, and, and they fizzle out, you know. It's just kind of like Lost. First two seasons are Lost. It was freaking sick. And then it just got even more Lost down the track. <laughs> and I think it's the same thing that's got to happen now with um, Stranger Things. Really? I think so. Like the Stranger Things, it's still on its high. But yeah. eventually, if they do another three more seasons, it's like, guys, oh, just just end it right now. Like, yeah. it's it's done its course, you know. The magic that you had in the first two seasons is done, you know. So I reckon hopefully this season should be it, you know. And that's what TV shows now got to remember. Like, you know, once it's, it's had its time, it's, you gotta you gotta you gotta set the sail go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you get those TV shows where they have like the first season's absolutely fantastic. But because they put so much effort into that first season, people demand a second one. Yeah. They're like, oh, shit, what do we do now? So they try and build in the second one. It's not as good. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, I like it how they're putting out a lot of original TV series. Like the biggest thing that took everyone's mo- blew everyone's mind for a while was Squid Games. Great. Right. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Hopefully they don't make the second season bomb. I don't want the them fir- to. Because the first season was so good. And they killed off all the really good um, characters, you know. So I don't know how they're going to bring them back. So many memorable characters with great character um, backgrounds and um, character development in the first season all got killed off so I don't know how they're going to do the second season and bring that magic back here's the thing I kind of don't want them to do a second season yeah. because I just how much I thought it, how good I thought it was but if they do a second season it would probably have to rely around 
the main character, I can't remember. Kihan. Yeah. Him just trying to bring down the organization. Yeah. But it's still, we Blood want that sucking. shock value that to blood it. Bloodsuckers, yeah. It's such, it's such good. My brother Thomas Quigans, I didn't believe him. Then I watched the first two episodes. Oh my gosh, this is actually really, really good. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it, yeah. how they did it. And uh, it was something because it was different. It was original. Um, not original to the, the plot. Like, we've seen a few TV shows and, and movies where it's got a similar storyline. You know, you got to do these games or you die. But just um, the characters of um, bringing this char- character development. Yeah. Each character had a backstory of why they wanted to be on there, yeah. and you invested into those characters. The ending guy, the girl. You wanted you wanted them all to survive in the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what people draw, got drawn so into was the character development. And that's what a lot of TV shows uh, are missing these days, proper character development. Why am I investing into you? Why should I be looking rooting for you? Why should I have your poster on my wall? Why should I follow you on Instagram? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, that was good. Fucking yeah. Well, the thing I love the most about TV series these days is just how how well – um, originally the idea is, but is how good the twist is. Yeah. I love uh, when a plot twist comes in. It's mm. probably like my favorite part. And I thought I'm not going to spoil Squid Game, even though we're pretty far down the track. Everyone kind of knows what's happening. But it at the end, when you find out about the old man, I was like, holy fuck! I did not see that coming. And then the reason why he did it as well, and then the whole internet went into a frenzy. If you compare that, now I don't know if you've seen the new uh, Netflix movie Red Notice. Yeah. I thought it was dog shit. Yeah. I thought that was absolute dog shit. Anything American these days, I'm not, not interested in. I'm, yeah, well, that's the thing about Americans. Their humor, oh, some of them are good, some of them, but a lot of American humor is very bland these days. And Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's gone to a point now where everything's become so sensitive and so fragile. Yeah. Like, um, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. I love Dave Chappelle so much, but... That Netflix uh, special that he had, he had so much heat on his ass, man. He loves it. He's like Bill <laughs> Bird. The more people get offended, the more it like, amps them up. It's freaking great. you know. And I was listening to a similar thing about the creators of South Park and why they don't like Family Guy. Trey and Matt Stone, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't hate um, Seth MacFarlane. I think he's a funny guy, but I just don't like their writing their show because a lot of American shows and sitcoms, that's why a lot of American sitcoms these days suck, is they rely on gags, like cheap laughs, mm. um, quick laughs, gags stuff like that but they don't rely on jokes and storylines that have I was saying before character development character yeah. content a storyline yeah. a conclusion or a meaning or a message behind it and that's why South Park is so successful and what they've done for the last 20 or so years and why they've kept on going still going exactly absolutely strong because they've got that character development and message every episode that they do they're one of those few TV shows that you can actually like really like still enjoy and still find very funny. Yeah, because they push, they really push. It's, 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 it's very sm- uh, but smart humor, not yeah. just cheap humor, but very very smart of how they do it. It's like I uh, see what they did there. You know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, very smart humor. Exactly like Dave Chappelle. You know, he instead of having, he, he he puts the punchline at the start and he brings it around that punchline instead of the start back to the start. Correct. Instead of having the punchline at the very end, you know, that's what South Park do. They put it, they give it to you at the start. Bam, 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 and they bring it back to the start, and you're like, "Bam!" That was genius what they did just there, and that's what Dave Chappelle does. Yeah, he's oh, he's a goat. He's a fucking goat. <laughs> he's a goat. Yeah. Now, anyway, so reverting back because I didn't get to get your opinion, but Tommy Fury versus Jake Paul's coming up. What's your thoughts on the fight? Do you think? I, I um, it can go either way, but people forget. Like, um, Lo- is it Logan? Is it Logan Paul? Yeah, Lo- Lo- Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Jake Jake Paul's actually a good boxer. Yeah, he just he just he just hasn't been challenged. Yeah, he just hasn't been pushed against someone. That he's actually at his level. Um, um, and and a fair like a fair opponent, you know what I mean? You can't go around like beating like a basketball player that's never boxed in his life and retired, you know, out of shape UFC fighters. You know, 
Um, I mean, Tyra Woodley cracked him at one point, but I don't know what happened to Tyra with that poor guy. Uh, ever since, because he, he was like the 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 guy at one point. He was yeah. like Usman yeah. at one point. He was the Usman back then, back in like sixty years ago. But I don't know what's happened with um, Tyra. He just slipped off the radar. I'm not throwing. He's just slipped off the ship and just hasn't regained form in the last few years. And I think Jake Paul saw that as like, yes, I'm gonna take advantage of that. Yeah. But I think with Tyron, I think he's going through like a lot of personal issues to the point where that's why he's not performing. He's got a lot of stuff going on and he hasn't been able to like regain that spark again. So um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Because he was, he's such a talented fighter. It was. He was. He got his black belt in jiu-jitsu after beat, after when he um when he won for the when he won the title, and he's just not even that. But he, he was the shit, and then he was knocking everyone out. And yeah. probably, I think Pinnacle. He was. He was the ba- He was bad. He was the number one guy at one point. And he was. I think Pinnacle Tyron Woodley for me was when he beat Darren Till. Yeah. That was one of my favorite fights. Yeah. Um, and then he pretty much de- uh, derailed the Darren Hill type train, yeah. type train. But now, like when he came into that fight against Jay Paul, I just still f- saw I saw the old you know gun shy Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Now here's the thing: I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for saying this, but I honestly believe that Jay Paul is going to beat Tommy Fury. I reckon he will as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, like, Jay Paul can box and he's got that hype and he's got that confidence now. Yeah. So it's something that none of the fighters that he's versed have had is that they had that confidence. Correct. So once you lose that certain confidence, your performance drops. Once you lose a certain confidence, you get one loss and it slowly, slowly drops. But once you're on that, that train and you've captured that moment and you've, you're in that zone, you're, you're probably not stop. Same as Conor McGregor. When he knew he was in that zone, when he was at his peak, he just captured it and he just rode it until you know it phased its course. And that's what Jake Paul's doing. He's know he's at his peak and then it is prime, so he's got to ride it out until you know it slowly fades out. So he's, st- he's still at that peak, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon he... The thing is with Tommy Fury, I feel like he's a good... Bo- he's a definitely a good boxer. I mean, he's undefeated. But the opponents that he's faced are not very highly ranked so he's not that experienced yeah the second thing was i watched his last fight when i think tommy fury fought yes he did he fought on jake paul's undercard when he fought tyron woodley and it was not a great fight and people were actually heavy criticizing tommy for it yeah and then they talked shit backstage and then that's how they got you know the next fight set up so but this one could be be quite even because they're both like amateur boxers yeah that's the thing like I reckon they're both still at a very, very amateur level, but they're getting like so heavily, like so much traction, obviously because of, you know, their backgrounds yeah. and their names, yeah. the namesakes. So my prediction is I do believe Jake Paul's going to win, but I don't see him win by knockout. Yeah. Oh, but he'll just he'll just face it just right to the end and get that clout. You know what I'm saying? Freaking millionaires, eh? The dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not jealous or anything, but I kind of am, you know. The guy's loaded to the gills. Well, he's loaded to the gills, but the thing is, he just captured, like, the, how that guy came to fame was, uh, he got famous because back in the day, before the days of TikTok, we had Vine, which was like... Yeah, Vine sick. and YouTube. Yeah. yeah, and that's how they got famous. And they got on the idea quickly. And so they were making content, so they're literally just years and years and years and years ahead of just making all this content. Yeah, and, they, and they've been in a few movies. What, what was it, one of them in, in Maze Runner or something like that? What? Yeah, one, uh, I know one of them has been in a few movies. Oh, Logan's been in a few movies. Yeah. He was in, um, Maybe that's Logan I'm thinking about. He was, he was in Baywatch. Yeah, Logan was the one who got done for filming a dead body in Japan. Ah. Did you know about that? No. No, okay, i got to fill you in this one. Oh, shit. Yeah, so... This is what happened. So Logan was in the height of his fame where he was making movies, he was making music, he was getting millions of views, racking mm. in millions and millions of views on everything. What happened was he went he took a trip to Japan 
And in Japan, they have a okiogami. They have a suicide forest, and I think it's called the okiogami. Yeah, I don't know which one. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was looking into that, and the thing is, Japan's culture is it's about loyalty and respect. Yeah. But someone was telling me they're also a uh, a country that kind of honors suicide in a bit of a strange way because of their samurai background. Yeah. Because yeah. when samurais would commit suicide, yeah. there's Seppuku. a name for it. Seppuku. That's it. Yeah. By stabbing themselves. And yeah. it was considered an horrible way to go out. It's kind of, so they have a weird, a weird situation or relationship with the concept of suicide. So what happened was they visited the forest and there's rules about going to the forest. Don't stay here for too long. Do not come here if you feel like you're... Um, what is it if you're going through some shit right now yeah, yeah. if you're not mentally stable don't come here unless you're without a guide and he pretty much broke all those rules of going there without a guide and then they ventured through the forest and they actually found a guy who was had committed suicide and yeah. hung himself from a tree and what he did was he actually filmed his response to Far out. yeah and he was going oh my god look at his hands oh my god we actually found a dead body that's rough and what happened was is he put that video up on YouTube 24 hours later. No. So here's the problem, though. YouTube was at fault because they put it in the trending. Uh, they didn't review it. Bastards. So YouTube didn't take it down. Logan Paul took it down when he got all the backlash and the yeah. heat. So that's why YouTube had fucked up at the time, but they took away his monetization. And then we can... That was years ago. Fast forward to now, he's done a whole bunch of things to go back on it. Yeah. There was the KSI boxing, and then the, yeah. he fought Logan Paul, which I just thought was ridiculous, and now apparently he's supposed to be fighting Mike Tyson. Oh, that, that'd be a good laugh. But Do you want to see that? Not really, because I, I don't want to see the old man get beat up. Oh, <laughs> no one wants to see that I'll get beat up. I don't want to... Well, it's just thing is, Mike Tyson's trying, trying to... I'm sorry. Jay Paul, uh, Logan and Jay Paul just trying to fight everybody at the moment. I but I don't like the concept of him fighting Mike Tyson. He's retired. He came out of retirement to fight Roy Jones. Now he's back. He's a peaceful man now. He's a chilled man. Yeah. I mean, well, well when he let out the beast... Oh, yeah. When he, when, <laughs> he, when, he, when, he, when he goes in rage mode, you want to see that. But in general now, he's like, I'm just trying to live a quiet life. You know what I'm saying? You know? He's like generous. He's like a, like a, like a normal guy. You know, he's, ch he's a changed man, you know? Yeah. He's, yeah. He's doing a lot better now. That's that's a thing. Yeah. He's been for a lot, okay? <laughs> he has. His <laughs> daughter died. Yeah. Oh, when did that happen? Did you know so his daughter died? No, I did not so know So he that. had a kid, right? And um, she died when he was in the house. Or he, the nanny was gone. So basically, she got strangled by a cord off a treadmill. What? So, yeah, this is true. So you can look it up. So he had, he, Matt Tyson had a daughter. Um, she went just playing on a treadmill. The treadmill turned on, and the cord went around her neck and strangled her, and she died. Oh my! And there's a podcast you'll see on Instagram. If you go through reels, Mike Tyson talks about yeah, when my daughter died, that's how everything changed for me. And you know, the beast died when my daughter died. Wow! Yeah, true story. Yeah, I did not know. He that. doesn't talk about it obviously because you know, don't die. You know, but yeah, that's how sad it is, and that's what really like things turn around for Mike Tyson when you know his his kid died. Yeah. yeah. He had such a rough upbringing as well and background because I read his autobiography. I don't remember this. Maybe that slipped my mind about his daughter dying, but that's something that I haven't. I couldn't quite remember. Anyway, man. So uh, yeah. moving on, yes. all that. So you've been running coffee and you ran coffee and chokes for how long? Um, I th I think I had that account for about two years. Two years at its peak, and then I shut it down after two years. Oh, so you're not doing the episodes or anything like that anymore? Not yet. Not yet. But I, might, I might do more in the future, but um, right now I'm just focusing on the Jamgram account and building it up as, as a slow following. Because back when I was doing Chopping Chokes, I was um, 
I was I, I was follow simping. So I was follow fo- simping. Yeah, so I was following people, liking their posts, hoping they follow back. I don't know, I'll admit this right now. I was messaging them, going, oh, awesome stuff, hoping they follow back. I was trying to get the followers, but now with Jangram doing the complete opposite. So now I'm trying to like build the followers just by building out a performance reputation rather than just you know chasing for the followers right now. And I'll, yeah. uh, I'll admit that. So yeah, <laughs> I can definitely relate to you yeah. on that one because I'm I'm for my uh, PT page. I've been putting up shitloads of reels. Oh, they're great. I find, I find them hilarious. Thank you. Thank P- you. Poor Mark, eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially when you did that on the Stone Cold one. And Mark's oh. just, he's just chilling there eating his lunch or his breakfast or something. He's like, yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> Actually, the story was behind that one. I said, hey, man, uh, I'm just going to f- come in and flip you the bird. Uh, don't get freaked out. He's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> That's a t- typical Mark response. <laughs> yeah, he is. He does. He's, he's, yeah. uh, we love you, Mark. <laughs> All that. Uh, well, every time I see him, you know that movie, The Room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when he's coming, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, I always, I always open fire. I was like, I didn't hit her. I did not. I did not. I did not. It took five years of my life. <laughs> I need my ass in the shot to sell the movie. Come on. <laughs> oh hi, Mark. <laughs> oh hi, Mark. <laughs> what is line? What is line? That <laughs> <laughs> it was actually his birthday yesterday as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good that you got you did that because that was what really put you on the map a little bit. But yeah. what you've done as well was something that can't I don't think has ever been done before, and that's why I liked it because for someone who's getting into jujitsu for the first time, what you were doing was you were doing a lot for the jujitsu culture and expo- like giving everyone a lot of clout and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So I, I want, uh, hopefully. You can keep on doing that. Yeah, and now I'm seeing all these other people like doing their own podcasts and doing their own thing, which is cool. Which is cool. So yeah. it inspires more people to do it, you know. So I'm glad, you know. You just, like I, was, I always tell people, whatever builds the Perth WA BJJ scene overall is is good, you know. Well, that's what I want to do with this podcast because I have, you know, it's all things health and fighting. So I have anyone who's involved in the health game, PT, spiritual coaches, yeah. nutritionists other coaches, you know, online coaches, all that stuff. And then fighters, any fighter who wants to come on, I've always been open to inviting them. I mean, now that it's a lot better than it used to be because when I first started, it was just me and my mate. And we'd talk shit every weekend and yeah, review nice. every card nice. and review every card. So if UFC card at his place afterwards, after we watch it. And now it's gotten to a point where I'm running this thing solo because obviously now he's pursued on other things. Yeah, As a point... I gotta have now is guests every week, and then the more I get involved in it, the better it is. And also, I've had a few people tell me that they have also wanted to start their own podcast as yeah. well, and I, and I love that because it's these days we are so uh, what's the point? Um, so getting our information off the phone, yeah. I don't feel like we talk to people enough. And no. when you're actually having a conversation with someone, your, your brain's actively learning yeah yeah definitely and then that's the most uh best way to learn you retain a lot more information from the human experience than rather than just reading a book or reading an article so that's yeah. one thing the next thing i tell them is man be prepared to fucking hustle yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta hustle you gotta fail um like when i first did my podcast the first two were like terrible oh, the, the content was great but like the quality of the video and the editing was so i look at it now i can't even watch it now i'm like oh it's such bad editing you know and eventually you get to understand oh, i got better equipment now i got better software you just get better and better it's exactly the same as jiu-jitsu when you first roll you're like oh this sucks but eventually you you, you pick up a few tricks along the way and use those tricks to get better and better yeah yeah and how many episodes did you film I think about 15. 15. 14. 14. Something like that, yeah. All yeah. really good quality stuff. 
Oh, they were. And, and, and it's still on my Instagram page. It's still on there. You can, you can watch them all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's. Okay. So there's the next thing I got to ask you. Go. If you got the chance, would you do a podcast with Jesse Jess? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So oh, what's yeah. the situation between you guys? Oh, I can't really say on camera right now. No, you can't I really, really can't. <laughs> I really, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. I'll tell you the story of Jesse Jess off camera. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, to, because I mean, I really had to ask because you put it up on uh, Instagram. Jesse Jess, if you're listening right now, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll literally have to tell it off camera. I can't okay. do it off camera right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, my dear, I'll just skip that question. Get that question, but uh, go to the next one. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, one thing it was going to lead to another question, but like, is that something you want to be in the future working along the line with coaching with you other you, uh, professional fighters, or is that something you have done? Uh, so, um, I help coach a, little, a few people and help them bring to where they are, but it's not something I want to do full time as of yet. Because uh, for me, I'm all about ambition. Whatever ambition I have, I stick to that. Uh, my current ambition right now is to get as good my, at a level of wrestling that I'm comfortable with. Uh, right, uh, I'm doing a little bit of coaching, but I've got no op- ambition to do it full time right now. So it just haven't have, had that bug yet. You know, it's like step. It's like competing. Every now and then, I get that bug to compete. I really want to get in there, get back in the mats, get back in the ring. And then when I don't have it, I'm like, oh, if I don't have that feeling, that itch, then I, I won't do it, you know? Because for me, it's all about what's my ambition, what's my drive, what's my fire, what's my... I'm getting into the rock right now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know, um, but yeah, right now, I just want to... I'm in that me phase where I just want to perform and get my level of wrestling higher for myself now than rather than, uh, than others at the moment. Being very respectful at the same time. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's the ambition we're going towards right now. Yeah. Just that and... Obviously, you have plans to compete. You got anything big coming up that we should? I've got the it? wrestling tournament coming up. That's right. You know, yeah. but once I've that's done, that's the last one of the year, and then I can go back to like helping, um, coaching and putting things out and putting over mats out. Because for me, I've always wanted to like help people and help them bring to where they are and uplift people, and encourage people. That's always been my number one main um, gift in everything that I do is I uh, uplift people. You know, and that's um and that's what coaching really is about. You know, because um, coaching isn't really about credentials and what accolades you've done you know you can have a really good athlete who's a terrible coach you know what I mean um, but the accolades are good don't get me wrong accolades are good because that helps build that start trust it's a starter trust like, alright why should I listen to you oh you've done this alright cool that'll reel me in but for someone to really push me further and for me to trust you even more I need to know can you come beside me next to me and coach me and bring me to where I want to be because that's what coaching is coaching is helping someone get from here to there and that person trusting you to bring him there through coaching and through discipline you know Mm. and for the coach to not be afraid to say what they need to do what they've been slacking on and help them to bring in that level and also kind of um, be on that little personal level because you know because once you get on that personal level with a coach you'll see how much that student will excel further and a coach will always see what's holding a student back and what are they holding on to what are they you know missing out on all stuff like that you know because the one thing that stops people from getting to their next level is that they're always got something holding them back that's stopping them you know bringing them forward they're dragging something along and a good coach will identify what are they dragging along and a coach will help them all right get rid of that add this or get rid of that and just go on this path right here you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah Yeah. well i would say that's a really really nice way to wrap it up i mean that's probably one of the best things we've ever had yeah i mean like um yeah because people do all the time it's like um 
especially for jiu-jitsu, a lot of people will go through, especially the first two years from white to blue, and they'll get in that phase where they'll quit almost when they're just about to get to blue belt. Correct. Because they're all, when they get to blue belt, because they're... Or they think, oh, I don't believe I should do this grading. I don't believe I should go to this belt because they're still holding on to their failures of when they first started from their first right, second right, or their first three tournaments. But what a coach has to do or what a good friend or a person has to do is like, all right, give me that and then I'll give you this. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, I don't know if you had this analogy before, but how much does this bottle weigh, Joey? <laughs> what is that, a litre? Or is that 750 milliliters? Uh, I don't know. 300 grams yeah okay maybe that's 300 grams but this is the thing is joe the longer i hold this bottle okay. the heavier it's gonna get uh-huh. you know what i'm saying so if i hold this for like you know first two seconds it's okay i can hold on to it i can hold you know it's, it's fine but 10 minutes pass 20 minutes pass one year pass two year pass five years pass this bottle this one I'm, I'm holding on to, what's in my hand, is going to get heavier and heavier and heavier, and I can't get to my destination of where I want to go until I just let go of what's holding me back. The longer I hold on to it, the more it's going to slow me down. But the minute I realize, oh, frig, i got to let go of that match that I lost. i got to let go of that person in the gym that always keeps beating me. I let go of that, and then suddenly the load gets lighter and lighter, lighter and I get up that hill even faster and better and more equipped and more, you know, more freely because I've let go of the stuff that's been holding me back, of my failures when I was competing, when I was performing, or what this person said to me at this gym, of or what there or the relationship I have with people outside the gym, you know, people hold on to that. But once you let go of that stuff, you know, you get to where you want to be because you've, you know, it gets lighter. Like I said, the longer you hold on to something, the more it's going to hold you back. So you just got to let go of that. And a good coach will always identify what's holding someone back and help them release. They won't tell them straight off the bat. But they'll give them those little nudges. Hey, there's this little thing here, this little thing there. And a good student, if he's switched on and if he loves what he does, he'll notice those cues of what the coach is telling him and then he'll slowly get to where he wants to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow, man. When I'm on the, when I'm on the, my vape, I'm freaking dangerous, Joe. <laughs> I'm freaking dangerous when I'm on the vape. What's on that vape? <laughs> um, this is just an eye gap pineapple juice ice. Oh, interesting. Okay. So the, that's that's incredibly well spoken i actually learned something about that you know whole, uh, what you talked about holding on to failures and letting yeah. things go that's that's incredibly important so to wrap this up man uh i, I ask this at the end of every uh podcast man to people who listened all the way thank you very much um <laughs> uh now if anyone wants to follow you or all that or what you're doing how can they follow you okay i'm mostly very active on my instagram uh, i have two accounts the active one is jamgram j-a-m double r i said again two r's a m that's it jamgram that's where you see a bit more of my personal life it's private but if you're hot and good looking i will accept you um <laughs> the, <laughs> the second profile which is public i haven't posted it in a while but you'll see all my good podcasts and my good open mats there it's called milvac on air m-i-l underscore vac v-a-c dot on air milvac meaning my name jamgram also meaning my name especially my name's just split up in the middle um, too but you can find me on those social media profiles um, you can chat to me interact to me I'm on my phone 24-7 everyone that knows me well if you DM me I will literally reply to you within the next two seconds because I'm always on my phone because I'm always on smoke break if I don't reply to you within two hours you're probably annoying and insignificant and I'll get back to you later <laughs> but that's just my pr- honest truth right now and um, hopefully I'll see you there 
But please, guys, also, um, please follow Joe on the Last Set podcast. He has a Buy Me and Coffee page. Please give to it. Um, please supply him. He's doing a great job. He just hired out the Hen House Studio. It's a very luxurious studio. Top range equipment. I drove out over here give him some love buy him a coffee or in this case an iced coffee because it is summer and hopefully we can build this podcast and if you want to get on this podcast you have to invest into a podcast so if you want to get on the show give joe some love and then maybe he'll let you on let's let's be honest here you got to put work in to get the work out shalom shabok boom uh that was the best ending ever thanks man all right (laughs) appreciate it put it there all righty and that is game